I have the privilege of introducing a friend and uh, someone who is one of the pastors of the church where March and I are the, have the privilege of attending for a number of years, Tom Olson. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be with you today. Uh, so glad that you joined us. Let me tell you a little bit more about Tom. He currently is serving as the lead pastor of Calvary Church here in Grand Rapids, which is no no small church. It's it's uh, touches many lives of many ages and uh, uh, just ministry that influences many places around the world even. But anyhow, he is the lead pastor of this church, and he's filled this role for 16 and a half years. Before that, uh, he came from the investment services industry and was also a licensed attorney uh, in a law practice. We are going to be talking about that uh, as we talk for a few minutes. He and his wife, Jennifer, have been married for 32 years, and together they have three adult children, Jeffrey, Jonathan, and Kate, and they're all currently living in the Chicago area, although I totally get that uh, Tom and Jennifer are hoping and praying those kids eventually move back to West Michigan so they can all be a little bit closer. Anyhow, again, welcome, Tom. Thanks again for being with us on this podcast. It's great to be with you, Randy. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And part of the reason I wanted to get you on, because uh, the last person we interviewed was a person by the name of Sarah Blue, who also is on staff now at Calvary Church. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sarah is, of course, in charge of the benevolent side of things there, but has quite a, a story. And, and maybe some of our folks uh, listen. If, if not, you should listen to her testimony, which is just amazing. She was, believe it or not, a number of years ago, addicted to heroin. And uh, just amazing background. And it was about four years ago that she ultimately came to faith in Christ. And you played a role in that. And that's part of what we want to talk about uh, today. And uh, what a change. It's just fun to watch Sarah, even as she worships God. She's just, what a contrast she's seen in her life. But you played a role in that. And apparently, you, 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 she mentioned that you, you started meeting with her weekly. How did that get started, Tom? How, did, how was it that you started to meet with her at all? Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, as your listeners, your watchers have uh, seen in Sarah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's a great story. We started meeting. Uh, I don't think her mom would be upset if I say this, but her mom brought her in uh, to meet with me. Okay. I'm kind of under the guise of, well, if you meet with Tom or somebody, at least somebody at Calvary Church, maybe they can help you. Uh, maybe they can even fix you. Uh, <laughs> and it was really it, it, the first meeting, uh, Sarah and I connected. Uh, we hit it off. And I think it had something to do uh, with um, the fact that I just, I listened to her. Mm -hmm. I listened and I listened to her story. Sure. And everybody has a story. Everybody has a life that has difficulties and trials. Mm -hmm. And Sarah had some significant difficulties in trials. Yeah. Uh, some of them were of her making and some of them were just, you know, she, she, she had difficulties that were, that were foisted upon her uh, yeah. and just some really big trials. Mm -hmm. And I just, I listened. And uh, at the end of the meeting, I had just said to her at the end of that time, I just said, you know, if you ever want to get together, and just talk. I would be honored to get together and talk with you. And so that just developed over time where uh, we just started meeting. And it, yeah, it became weekly where we got together and talked and we built a trust level. Uh, I think wow. she grew in her trust of me and I grew in my trust of her. Mm -hmm. And we 
started talking about life. And when you talk about life, I believe you need to talk about Jesus. And so we started talking about Jesus and what it meant to follow him. And ultimately, I think, I don't know if she expressed this, but ultimately what it meant to submit your life to him, Mm -hmm. receive the life that he has for you. And she was pursuing, she was pursuing life, but her, what she was pursuing was leading, was leading to death. Mm. She came to realize that she needed to submit to Jesus and give her life to him. And she did. And the spirit's work has been amazing in her life. Now, did she uh, pray to receive Christ and, and accept his forgiveness and lordship in your presence? Or did she do that in a different, different uh, setting? Yeah, I, my recollection is it was in a different setting. We had some times where we prayed together, uh-huh. uh, but the reality, I think, hit her away from me, and she came back and just was, well, there was that one time, and she probably used the phrase in her interview or her time with you, where she was born again. Okay, yeah. It really explicitly states that it was a new birth. Wow. Experienced in Jesus. And uh, just... So for me, I meet with a lot of people and have the opportunity to spend time uh, with people. Sarah is one of those people where the spirit is so evident. Yes. uh, And the transformation is so evident that it becomes such a testimony uh, to others, Hmm. but not only a testimony to others, but an encouragement to others. Uh, and, and, And that's what I've been able to see in Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. She, she, part of her story, I think it was after she was a Christian. Did you not encourage her to share it with, uh, find a, her best friend? And, and there was a friend in Florida. Was yes. that after she prayed to receive Christ or before? Yeah. Well, she, what was interesting about Sarah is my recollection. I mean, she's not, she's not shy in any way. Yeah, totally. Uh, she wasn't shy before Jesus. She is not shy after Jesus. No, she's an extrovert. She's an extrovert. It's, it's, it's great. She has a wonderful personality. Yeah. And so my encouragement along the way was, was talk about this with people, talk about this. And when she did receive Jesus, she just amped up uh, sharing Jesus with other people, uh, multiple friends. And even to this day, Randy, you're aware because you kind of sit or in the same area of Calvary as she does. Yeah. Um, she's bringing people left and right yes. uh, from kind of the community. She, when she came, when we met, she was working uh, at a homeless mm-hmm. uh, at a homeless um, support area group, right. uh, not not particularly Christian, uh-huh. but just a, a, a kind of non governmental organization that helps people in need and primarily the homeless. And so she to this day brings people that are uh, that are struggling with finding a home or are homeless to Calvary. Yeah. And it's just yeah. a great great witness and great testimony. Well, that's neat. I just, I I commend you for the patience and uh, just the the willingness to, to be real and to allow her to be real. And uh, ultimately that, that led her to salvation. So that's just such a neat story, Tom. Way to go. Uh, You know, I would, I'd like to add one thing and I've, I've shared this with a number of people. I feel uh, when I started meeting with Sarah, that God was using me to provide some level of influence or encouragement in her life. Yes. As our relationship, as the time we met grew, Mm -hmm. I started to realize that 
after a few years, God was using Sarah oh, yeah. in our meetings to encourage me. Oh, I, I, I totally get that. I, you know, I was a executive pastor at uh, Crossroads uh, Bible Church for a number of years. And, and you know, I, I met with a, guy, a number of guys, often guys that had a porn addiction and so on. And, and, and but there were other issues, you know, marriage problems and so on. And I, I, I said it then and I meant it. It's never a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and sometimes it's 80, 20, but you always get back more yeah. than you know, something. And yeah. sometimes it's 50. Sometimes I get back more than I get. I mean, it's just kind of amazing because we all have needs. We all have blind spots. And so that's, that's what's so neat about the, 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 the body of Christ is that we minister to each other. I just came from a prayer meeting with pastors from the Kentwood area. Often the, the mayor of Kentwood is there. And again, the, the different denominations, different races, but we love each other. I mean, yeah. there's hugging and it's just kind of an amazing thing that we come from all these different backgrounds, but we we have this common thing that we have the same father. We've been adopted into this family. And so we're forever brothers and we feel it. That's yeah. another evidence of the reality of, of the gospel. It, it's You have this connection that the world can't produce. Exactly. That's exactly. so sweet. Uh, how about you? Did did you come to faith in Christ when you were a kid? Or yeah, I, I came how to that, faith how in Christ. Happened? Yeah, I came in faith in Christ as a young as a young boy. Uh, I remember the time and the place. Uh, I grew up on Elliott Street in Grand Rapids, and there was a small house there that had bunk beds in the back of the house, and I was sitting on the lower bunk with my dad, um, and asked him like. I I want to, I want to, I want Jesus. And we talked and I prayed and asked Jesus into my life. And certainly there have been uh, growth opportunities over the years and, yeah. and, and recommitments, if you will. Uh, but I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian family with a wonderful father and mother. That's so that led and guided me. And also I actually grew up in Calvary church. Mm -hmm. um, Calvary church is the church of my youth. So God has I've uh, been very gracious to allow me to serve in this church and for the people of this church. Um, so, yeah, I feel very, very blessed. I'm very grateful to God. That's neat. Coming to Jesus early and being able to serve here now. Oh, that's great. Well, I want to unpack that just a little bit. I mean, you were in the investment industry. Yeah. You were a lawyer. That's something that we sh share in common. Uh, yeah. And somehow you made the leap from law to grace. Can we say that? <laughs> no, to, from law to and investments to uh, to ministry. How'd that come about? What what happened? Yeah. So the first time that somebody told me I was going to be in ministry, uh, I was a junior at Wheaton College. Okay. And a friend of mine walked up to me and said, uh, "Tom, God told me that someday you're going to be a pastor." <laughs> and my response was something to the effect of, "God told me you're crazy." <laughs> <laughs> that uh when I, when I was in college that was nowhere on my radar sure uh, i was a follower of jesus but i had kind of specific plans and things yeah. that i wanted to achieve sure i graduated from wheaton i came back to grand rapids michigan uh began attending calvary church again and started uh teaching in the youth group here at calvary mm. and just found great fulfillment and service and just being able to serve the Lord through teaching and spending time with high schoolers mm -hmm. did that for a number of years uh, while I was uh, 
actually I was in a sales job initially, then went to law school, came back from law school uh, in my later 20s and uh, jumped right back into teaching in the high school. We were asked, my wife Jen and I were then asked to teach a young married Sunday school class. And we started to teach that young married Sunday school class. And again, uh, just, just felt God's pleasure, if you will. I mean, I just really enjoyed pastoring that smaller Sunday school congregation and teaching that congregation. It wasn't long after we started teaching uh, when Jim Samra, who's the senior pastor here at Calvary Church now, and his wife, Lisa, mm-hmm. came to Calvary as residents and started to attend the Young Married Sunday School class that Jen and I were teaching. Oh, okay. Jim, Jim and I became friends. Jim asked me if I would like to study with him. Uh, so Jim and I began uh, not only a friendship, but a study relationship where we met uh, every week mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday morning. I can still remember. And every week on Wednesday morning, studying church history. And a few months into that, Jim said to me, uh, you're called to ministry. Wow. And I remember I was, yeah, it was a shock. It, I mean, there was some understanding for me, Randy. Uh, but in many ways, it was a bit of a shock. And I just said, Jim, I, I can see some of that. Uh, but I don't know how that works. Because at the time, I was 34 years old. I had a wife who didn't sign up for a ministry gig, sure. three kids, a mortgage, uh, in a in a pretty good job. And I didn't know how that would work. And at that point in time, God really began to work in me uh, and kind of convict me of the need for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to be a slow learner. Uh, <laughs> so it took about four more years. And finally, um, four years later, uh, after a number of events, and I, I, I truly believe God speaking to me, uh, I called Jim Samra one day, and I said, uh, "I give up. Uh, I, I'm going. I'm. God wants me in ministry, wow. and I will do whatever you tell me to do, Jim." And so we kind of worked that through and prayed that through. Did, did Jennifer did, did Jennifer agree with you on that, that change? Oh, so Randy, that's a great question. So uh, this was back in 2006, in January, mm-hmm. February, and March of 2006 were these transitional months mm-hmm. and really a struggle for me. Uh, but I don't think it was so much of a struggle for Jen. Really? Uh, I was using Jen more as an excuse for my fears. Um <laughs> And she came to me one day and she said to me, uh, we need to make this change. And I said, are you sure? Do you know what that means? And she said, yeah, God is calling us to ministry and we need to do this. And so in a very real way, God took away one of my excuses. And uh, my wife came to me and said, we need to move. And um, I'm forever grateful to her. I think there's a lesson in this as people are listening, watching, and so on is, and and I've learned this kind of the hard way is if there's a a rather major decision to be made, whether financial or career-wise, husband and wife are to be one in this thing. And if Marsha has this check, you know, gut check, I don't, I don't say yes to it. Exactly. God is able to give us both this deep sense. Again, doesn't mean there aren't butterflies floating around on top, but deep down in our heart, we have this sense 
this is what God wants us to do. We take that scary next step of obedience. And uh, but we both have to be on that page because I've I've made some not major you know choices, but you know way back you know I'd say well I really feel I need to do this and Mars has got some I don't know I don't know but I go ahead and do it and it just it's a it's a belly flop it doesn't work so uh, I've yeah. learned that that God is able to give us both this sense of yes and then we go ahead and doesn't mean it's going to be all roses and and sweetness but it it's the right choice. I, I I definitely affirm that. Jen and I try to operate under that same. I love it. We try to have, you know, it's that unity, right? Yep. The unity Jesus talks about. Yes. And it's it's so very important. That's so good, bro. That's neat. So any regrets making that leap? None. There are no, like, I, I look back and there were times I mentioned that when I graduated from college, mm -hmm. I came back and started teaching and over those years, I felt more and more of a call or a leading to ministry. The regret I have uh, is that I wish I would have made the jump sooner. Okay. That's the regret. Sure, sure. However, it's amazing. I'm, I'm amazed by God because I have found where Paul talks at the end of Romans 5 when he says where our sin increased, grace increased all the more. Mm -hmm. Um. I think there were times in my journey when I was disobedient, when I should have maybe jumped to ministry sooner, uh, but I moved slowly and that was disobedience. That was sin. Yep. Uh, but God, even in that yeah. demonstrated his grace, that's good. And his grace because of my sin increased. And it's, it just demonstrates this miraculous grace, miraculously gracious God. Yeah. Um, that's great. Who, who just, shows grace after grace. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just love the opportunities that God gives me. Uh, well, you, you, you do well. We, we love, love it. You know, when Jim preaches, we love it when you preach and just your heart is, is just, uh, it, it, it resonates the Lord. And, uh, and that's a good reason. I think why Calvary is, is flourishing uh, in, in a rather challenging time in which we live. And let's just talk about that just for a minute. I mean, our culture is increasingly anti-God, anti-Bible truth, and so on. Would, would you agree with that? At this oh, point? yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so raising children in, in this culture, you know, with just all that's going on in our education system and so on, is, is, is a challenge. What, what might you suggest to parents of kids today to keep them moving uh, really counterculturally, going God's way in, in a time like this without being, you know, arrogant, without being angry, without yeah. you know, still being loving, but but living the truth, speaking the truth and living the truth. What, what would you suggest to, to parents? What would you want to yeah, tell? So I think that's a great question. I think first and foremost, it starts in the home. Mm -hmm. And I think what I mean by that, I want to be even more explicit. It starts in the mother and in the father's heart. Amen. And if, it's, if it's a single parent household, it starts in that parent's heart. Mm -hmm. That we as parents, myself as a father, I have to be diligently devoted to Jesus Christ. That my, my heartbeat is all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if I'm about Jesus and if I am about feeding, allowing him to feed me and, yes. and pursuing the opportunities for personal spiritual growth, 
so that I am following Jesus with all of my heart. And likewise, my wife is following Jesus with all of her heart. And then together, we're following Jesus with all of our heart. At the home level, that radiates because we all, you can't fake it at home. Yeah, that's right. Your, Your kids know who you are. Yeah. And so a lot of times I feel in society, we focus on the what, like, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Jesus focuses on the who. Mm. Who are you? Who are you? So for us as parents to 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 live that devoted life as a Christ follower, and what does it mean to live my life like Jesus? Well, the only way I'm gonna figure out what it means to live my life like Jesus is to be in the word, to be praying, meditating upon that word, yep. being in church and being formed by the community of followers of Jesus Christ so that I know what it means to be like Jesus. So when you say we come across a culture that has antipathy for us, Mm -hmm. well, yes, but our response is not to be anger, is not to be disgust. Yes, it's truth, but it's truth that is foundational in love. That's right. I need, and, and that's what's attractive First and foremost to our kids. Yep. They know if the love of Jesus is in us. Yep. So first and foremost to our kids and then to the community that surrounds us. Yes. So if the community sees and experiences the love of Jesus, mm-hmm. they are going to be attracted to that because that is different and I feel like sometimes the church gets distracted mm-hmm. because of the cares and the concerns of this world. And the response is not love. The not, response is not love your enemy. The response is argue with your enemy. And arguing never wins anybody to Christ. Love wins people to Christ. And also love will win your children to Christ, even when they have to enter that difficult world. And they're going to make likely make mistakes. My children have made mistakes. I've made mistakes. But the love of Jesus is what draws us back and it draws other people in. That's really good. That's really good. I'll just add you know, two things. Another thing that draws people is, uh, is, is seeing the unity between Christians. You know, Jesus said, they'll know you're Christians by, by your love for one another. Um, and, and elsewhere in John 17, 23, he makes the same point, basically, that that, that has profound influence. And the other is, is really connecting to what you just indicated when, and I learned this as a parent, you know, you kind of think as a dad, you know, if I ever am, am uh, own up to my own fallibility to my kids, they might not respect me anymore. And just the opposite's true. When, not if, but when we blow it as dads um, or husbands, for us to say those three hard words, I was wrong, and then please forgive me. Yeah. And uh, just to be real. Rather than, okay, I never make mistakes. You know, I'm this perfect dad. We want to be the best dad we can. But when we blow it, when I lose my temper, when I don't keep my word, whatever, you know, whatever, that I own up to it and seek forgiveness. And uh, I found that that's been helpful, too, as a dad. It's just just to be vulnerable, real. We, we all have blind spots. We're, we're not done yet. And it's Okay. Um, but then to get back up, get on our horse and come on, let's go. So that's good. I would say it's a testimony to the fact of the reality of Jesus in that. Yeah. When we were able to say, 
I'm wrong. Yes. And I need a, I need forgiveness. Please yes. forgive me. There's a recognition in our lives that our kids see and other people see that there actually is a need for Jesus. Yes. The need for like none of us are perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. That's but we're right. not perfect. And because we're not perfect, we need Jesus. And yeah. he's the one that comes and steps into that space of need and provides forgiveness. Yes. And out of that provides grace. That and so you sense. have this this it the admission of wrong is a beautiful thing yeah. because it acknowledges the need for Amen. Jesus. And we all need Jesus. Exactly. Apart from him. Game yeah. over. Game over, Game people. Over. That's so good. Well, Tom, we've covered a lot of areas. Anything you'd like to just add to, to express to the folks that are watching this particular podcast? You know, I was this morning, I was I was in I was going through my Bible and I was in the book of Ephesians. Yeah. In Ephesians 2, I, I wrote it down in Ephesians 2, verse 14. Paul says he referring to Jesus, he himself is our peace. Wow. And just kind of meditating on that this morning in this Christmas season, right? It's Christmas and we talk about the Prince of Peace. And I think sometimes we get lost in all the clutter mm-hmm. and the busyness. Yeah. But to remember, I think God reminded me this morning, and maybe this is for your viewers and, and yeah. people that are listening. Yes. He himself, Jesus himself, is our peace. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's really good. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you close us in prayer, would you, Tom? Randy, I'd love to. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have had to really this morning talk about you. Yeah. Uh, Lord, as we talked about Sarah, we recognize, Lord, that you uh, stepped into her life and rescued her. Lord, my story as well is a story of uh, your rescue through Jesus Christ. And we thank you. And for all of us who have faith and trust in Jesus, who have given our lives to him, we rescue, we recognize that it's your rescue of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Mm-hmm. And as we come to this Christmas season, Lord, as I mentioned just a minute ago, help each one of us to recognize that Jesus himself is our peace in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the cares of this life, Lord, help us to have more of Jesus so that we can experience his peace. I thank you for Randy. I thank you for the ministry. Uh, that he has through this podcast and all the other areas of ministry that he serves, especially, Lord, for his work here and his service at Calvary Church. Uh, Lord, thank you for him. Lord, I pray that each one of us today would follow Jesus devotedly. And we pray this in his name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for spending time with us, Tom. God bless you. God bless you, Randy. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.